We are happy to present this episode to you ad-free, but we're also sad to present this episode to you ad-free because ads pay the bills, and I don't see you paying the bills, but you can pay the bills by directly supporting us via philosophyimprov.com slash support. This is Philosophy versus Improv, where two sages try to teach each other a thing or two, and maybe you, the audience, get something out of it as well. I'm Mark Lintzmeyer, a philosophy juggernaut who's hell-bent on learning improv. And I am Bill Arnett, an improv pedagogue ever so curious about philosophy. And our guest today, introduce yourself. I'm Andrew Lavin. I do a philosophy podcast that's kind of like a radio lab or an invisibilia of philosophy, and I teach philosophy in the uh, Northern California. Oh, say the name of it. Give it a plug right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the podcast is called Reductio, which is just reduction without the end. So it's like Reductio ad absurdum. So it's a Harry Potter podcast. I get Harry Potter a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Latin <laughs> word, so it must be Harry Potter, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you started a philosophy podcaster Facebook group for the elite among the elite. I Anybody did. Anybody that... <laughs> I don't know. Do you police if you kick people off because they, they didn't have a... Yours doesn't count as philosophy. <laughs> Someone did add it and then they admitted that they don't have a philosophy podcast. And so I was like, okay, well, we're, it's for philosophy podcasters. So, But <laughs> yeah, I haven't had to do too much policing. Yeah, it's a pretty small group. <laughs> what, what would you say is the number one issue facing today's philosophy podcaster? And number one issue, if you don't, I don't. And number one issue, yeah. Well, I mean, my number one issue is just like growing my audience because I don't make that many episodes because it takes me a long time per episode, and so. Sure. But yeah, I, I guess that's the main thing is just like trying to get people interested in lots of different philosophy programs, and people might be intimidated by philosophy to get started listening, and so that that might be part of the problem too. I just listened to one today that will probably be redundant of the thing. I let you choose, Andrew, choose the topic to throw out initially, which was normalcy. <laughs> okay. Normality. Normality. Okay. So we're going to start by disagreeing about the noun form. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> normalism. I think normalism, because that's like, it's like a religion. I think that everybody should be <laughs> normal. Right. Uh, Come join us. Give us a little orientation just so Bill can know what the hell you're talking about and the audience perhaps can follow. Yeah, so I did my dissertation on normality, basically a little more specifically, I did on normality judgments. And these are judgments, you know, sentences that you think or, or things like that. A lot of them take the form of what linguists call generics. And so things like cows have four legs, even though we all know that lots of cows don't have four legs. Or cows are black and white, even though we know that there are brown cows and, you know, completely black cows and things like that. And so some of the puzzles around normality is just trying to figure out what kind of thing is a normality judgment and what makes them true when we know that there are counterexamples to them. And we also tend to think that the counterexamples to these kinds of judgments don't make them false, right? So it's true that cows have four legs even though we know that lots of cows don't have four legs and things like that. But then there's this other puzzle, a related puzzle, which is just like, what do these kinds of judgments mean? And you might think they mean something like cows normally have four legs. And so what is that sense of normal that is operative when we're saying cows normally have four legs? Oh, I was going to say, I'm sensing 
we're very near to some social issues happening in our country today, in the world today. And uh, <laughs> yeah, what is a normal human? What is an abnormal human? Mm-hmm. And when can you get away with saying that something is normal, even though we may be able to have some people who aren't good normal, but are normal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, like, that was part of what got me interested in it. Is I think there's a lot of application to social issues, particularly because I think it's not something I really like attacked in my dissertation. But I think that humans kind of basically make these kinds of normality judgments. And it's behind a lot of racist judgments that we make or ableist judgments we make or sexist judgments we make. So there's a lot of really problematic judgments that humans are kind of tend to want to make, just kind of the way that our our brains and cognition is put together that makes us want to make these kinds of judgments. And a lot of times that gets us into trouble, Um, especially when you're making judgments about like groups below the species level, I think that that gets really tricky. That's fascinating. And I'm sure there are so many foot in the mouth <laughs> opportunities. I'm getting a nod over the Zoom for everyone listening. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, it's a probably a minefield. Once we leave the world of cows right. uh, and get to humans. I'm there's sure a reason there's... I mentioned cows and ravens so much in my dissertation. And <laughs> Don't talk that much about humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're all going to do really offensive, neuroatypical stereotypes for this first oh, yes. scene. Is that oh, what's yes. going to go on? Yeah, Is sounds the, good. Oh, yes. We're going to win the Academy Award by buttoning our, our button to the top button. And right. uh, let's not go any further down that road. I'm, Bill. I'm thinking of a certain line from uh, Tropic Thunder that I won't yes, repeat. Yeah. That is exactly <laughs> the reference that I was hoping you would get. Yes. Well, I don't know how much improv experience you've had, Andrew. I do know there is a little scene out there in Northern California where you are in Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. But these scenes with Mark, they're usually real simple. And we usually, we worry more about being who our character is than we worry about being good improvisers. If that- we worry about being normal. We worry about having just normal <laughs> yes. characters, doing normal things. <laughs> you have no idea how my philosophy on improv heightens this idea that we all have certain understandings and that we can tap into those certain understandings and very quickly generate moments and generate scenes yeah. by tapping into those shared understandings. Yeah, right. I'm not calling them normal. I can see the link with a lot of the thinking I've done about normality here, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, yes, Mark? I believe when I asked Andrew about this over Facebook, the words, I love improv, were, were typed. They were. Him. They were okay. typed. Yeah, okay. I have, I have now some friends who are internet. into it. I've seen a lot of improv as a uh, observer, but I haven't done too much uh, participating in it. But I do, I do love it as an art form. I think it's it's awesome. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, this this will be awfully normal. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I have a little lesson as well. The last few episodes, I've been trying to demonstrate my lesson rather than do it, and then we'll have a little talk. If we do a second scene, maybe I'll I'll ask for something particular. But this first time through, I'll just demonstrate what it is I'm going for and see if y'all pick up on it. Okay. Yeah. Is that cool? Mark, do you want to get us going? Or how are you feeling about that, Mark? I, I, th- I think that's kind of our normal modus operandi. And in fact, the nature of my lesson might require you to get this scene started first. <laughs> All right. So this is not normally how we run things here. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like we have to be really extra sensitive because uh, we've got some new new students that oh. are going to be entering, and they've oh. got some very special needs. Okay. I mean, some of them they're refugees. They're not oh from 
Earth. So they've. I got to be honest that I did not expect anything that you were going to say just now. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not from Earth. The refugees are not from Earth. They're a collection. Uh, there was an Ark. Uh, you probably heard about that on the news. The Ark. Yeah, big, no, like, that came I, and brought, an, I, I don't actually watch the news, so yeah, this is this is all just brand new to me. That was a big meteorite that they thought was going to hit the Earth, and then it slowed down. And it turned out it was some like space capsule, space lifeboat, or something. I don't know. Ark, they're calling it. Yeah, I think someone yeah. mentioned something about this on on uh, TikTok, but yeah, I don't I don't really know. So, as uh, the premier boarding school in Connecticut, in the the greater Connecticut uh-huh. area, yeah, uh, we were asked to take really the. I think the best of them. I think we we got we got to pick the upper uh, echelon, but they're still yeah. I mean, among okay, okay, hold on. These aliens who are able to transit space need an Earth education. That that's what we're saying. A boarding school education. I mean, it looks like it was one of those like women and children first from the planet that was okay. Fair enough. Destroyed, Fair enough. So they. Fair enough. But they're no they're no adult. Women that the, I can tell is the plan to like just mainstream them, just kind of drop them in a classroom. Are we going to have a special classroom just for the alien children? Or like- I mean, they've gone through some orientation. I mean, this arc thing was this was a good six months ago, and you know, so they've been kind of in in holding and uh, just getting some general acclimation. But we're expected to yes, uh, you know, this is they don't know how to get back to where they came from, yeah, uh, so- you know, or anywhere else. So it's, it, just to be clear, it is not, you know, all one species. This is not sort of Krypton. Um, this was sort of a, a, I can't pronounce, uh, for some reason, all these different species seem to be able to pronounce the name of this planet. I can't, but it, there's... Hey, well, like I can just interject real yeah. fast. This is going to be an absolute media circus. It really, really is. We are going to have the spotlight and the microscopes fixed on us the entire time. Microscopes. Right? So I, I teach PE, so that like... If we're in metaphorical, 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 you had me worried there. If if we need microscopes to see these guys, the outside world is going to be looking at us to educate these alien children, right? Well, do we know anything about their bodies yet? Because I'm, like I said, I'm just totally in the dark here, and I I teach PE. I'm gonna have to know, like, what you know? Are these bipedal? What you know? What's going on? Well, I mean, this is this is why, coach, that we asked you here because. I really, the presidential physical fitness tests is the thing that I'm really most concerned with. All other standardized tests seemingly have gone by the wayside. And I think uh, thanks to affirmative action, they should have no trouble getting into the colleges of their choices because uh, people are very excited to have interstellar visitors. I mean, the, Fair the, enough. the yeah. ones that are sort of rodentine might have more trouble. They have their own challenges. Right. But uh, for the most part, um, the ones with a, at least one, you know, that are able to make physical sounds and, mm-hmm. uh, right. you know, seem to be more or less under control. Look, look, no, no disrespect. No disrespect, coach. PE is the least of my concerns right now. Well, getting I mean, these, it's, it's the most of my concerns. So, you know. Well, sure. But I mean, getting these aliens onboarded with human society, <laughs> that's like language, uh, uh, math and arts and sciences. And I mean, are we. Are we going to try to teach them anything about their home world, or is that just is that just down the toilet? I, I, all right, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, so I also teach. What are we doing? I also teach Spanish. Do you want me to teach them Spanish? That might be a little confusing. So during their uh, orientation, I'm told they were uh, quote language blasted, which I think mostly means that they played 
some sort of video game that uh, would say yell words at them. That's exactly. And then how they I got to watch it. a lot of game shows. So between the and reality TV, so I think they've probably have English down. Yeah, I, I, I think expanding them to other languages, that they're probably going to be better at that overall than we are. You know, we could play some English kind of hybrid language. Spanish language dodgeball thing. You know, that's kind of right in my wheelhouse. See, ah. dodgeball. Mm. What? What? I'm just, I'm, I'm worried that that might be seen as aggressive. Mm. Um, there have been, you ever see that opening scene in Jurassic Park where uh, there's like the, uh, the Velociraptor in the, the tank and the, the guy gets his arm. Yeah. There have yeah. been some kind of things like that. I mean, I, nothing to be really concerned about. Dinosaurs. Okay. They're, they're afraid of dinosaurs or? I'm just saying that they, if you were to throw a, a ball at, at some of these uh, uh, creatures that are maybe a, a bit more reactive than we are, uh, then mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to see what they would do in response to that. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say this. We treat these aliens just like we treat any human student that we have. Now, do we have like a special word that we're supposed to go on? There's like a, a PC way to refer to them like, you know, are they are they like other species persons or you know student student per, persons with other call, species or I mean OTPs I like that other OTP yeah okay other I, whatever you just said <laughs> <laughs> other species persons I guess that would be OSP we okay. call them student we call them student we call them student and we treat them just like anybody else it doesn't matter the color of your skin where you're from or how many arms you have or legs or heads you have right we treat them we treat them the same we treat them the same okay so no dodgeball but like what about i don't know like track and field you know is that gonna be even fair i think that we should encourage all fitness levels it is important for our reports that we have you know our funding is based on the presidential physical fitness test is really what Mm-hmm. When it comes down to, you would think that it would be these other standardized tests, but that's really the only one yeah. that the feds care about. No child left and behind. So, yeah, yeah I, I want to make sure that the, the centipede people and the, uh, I mean, that's, again, these are really names just between us because they're... Right, they're all just uh, students. The fact that they sort of, yeah. They're, yeah, all, just the fact that they, they're all just students. They just, might look just like... OSPs. Yeah, we'll think of what that stands for because I like <laughs> I like OTPs. We're gonna stick with OTPs. I, I know it doesn't mean anything. Other but, uh, other terrestrial persons. Yes, because they're here now. Right. They're terrestrial. Yeah, and they're other. Well, we got to make sure that they feel like they're other. No, we don't. We call them by their names. That's what we call them. Um, we call them by their names. Okay, by, we call them by but, their names. Uh, the names can, that can we're we assigning pres- them. Can we present their? Can we pronounce their names? Is that a going to be an issue? No, uh, no. We'll have to learn. Uh, We're going to have to learn. We're going to have to Jason, learn. Jason, uh, Carl. Okay. Three, These are easy. Those are human Susie. The, yes, those are those ones are a that are Eurocentric, but I'm okay with it. Benito. We mm-hmm. can do some okay. uh, non-Eurocentric. Well, that's still sort of Eurocentric. Yeah. yeah. You know, we'll work on the names. That might be something that they, they come equipped with, but I think, yeah, we want to be a little a little careful in... Mm-hmm. And how we approach all this. I'm, yeah, the, the, the media spotlight will be on us. Mm-hmm. And I think we just pretend they're not even here. No, the spotlight's going to be on us. Dude, are we going to put on a play? Because I, I don't teach theater. The metaphorical spotlight, coach? Oh. 
Okay. Okay. Sorry. All right. The I attention just, of the world will be honest. It's just in Spanish for me, so I just wanted to make that clear. I was yeah, thinking that we could coach. could help with the school funding by demonstrating them, you know, maybe a sideshow sort of just yeah. just, a, just a term between us because yeah. I know that has some connotations uh, of like a, a freak uh, show or something. How like the, that. A chance to present their not, culture. A chance to present their culture. Are we not cool with freak show? Though? Okay, so yeah, you guys are gonna have to educate me because I wow. OTP wow. show, an OTP show. Okay, got it. a student show, a student show, a student show, a student show of students <laughs> for students by students. Bingo, bingo. We don't even need to, to delineate. We don't even need to. Do it. Why should we delineate? All right, good. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I got this. No dodgeball. Why are we even having this meeting? They're just regular students. I'm right there with you, hundred percent. I'm just going to line them all up and do some dodgeball Spanish with them. It's good. It's going to be great. Great plan, coach. Great plan. They, they, we don't want anyone to feel as though that they are other. Mm-hmm. Even if they might potentially get squashed by a dodgeball. Yeah, they're definitely, they're, they're definitely other. Wow. It could be that we're the others, actually, now that I'm thinking more about this. But let's, no, no, we got to, we got to cultural dominance we can uh there's a different public side and a in a in this room side nice. I, I know i'm just lucky we got the elite among the aliens that it was this is a this is a safe space we can speak freely here right. yay <laughs> all right <laughs> i was thinking of a stinger for that i just couldn't think of a good one <laughs> uh, very nice <laughs> all right so in terms of normality <laughs> i guess not having any baseline, it is, of course, species-specific. So right. we were just getting right at the connection between normality and fairness. You know, you want to judge. So is it more fair to have all the kids on one sports team? Or do we say we acknowledge gender differences? Right. And if we make all the kids on the same team, then that'll lead to women being underrepresented, the girls be underrepresented, so let's have two teams, but then now we have the trans issue that makes even that solution was not perfect because we don't know how to deal with that anymore. Right. It matters for certain sports. It doesn't matter for other sports. And of course, in the public conversation about these things, no one wants to slow down and have the nuance. It's just a lot of uh, uh, yes. reactionary. <laughs> I think if we're going to talk about cows again, I think Height is an interesting thing that if you go down to your home improvement store and buy you need a new front door, it's going to be six feet, six inches. That is normal, typical, <laughs> standard front door height, yet not every human who will be using that door is shorter than six feet, six inches. Now, yeah. I don't know what the, the distributions of heights are. And if you laid out everyone from shortest to tallest in the world, you know, where 6'6 six, six would be and, you know, what the standard deviation from the mean is for height. Right. There's like a statistical sense of normality, which is kind of like, what's a normal height? What's a common height? Most of the people are under six foot six. And so, you know, the other people can just deal with it. And then there's this other sense of normality that I've been more interested in. Which sure. is a non-statistical sense of normality where apparently some humans are seven foot two and that there's no health conditions um, you know, associated with it as far as I know. And that, you know, so it's it's apparently just a normal way to be a human being. It's just not very statistically normal in the sense of common or ordinary. Boy, it's a real mess, isn't it? It's a real hornet's <laughs> nest. 
where common or ordinary, suddenly those words can become loaded, right. uh, just as normal can become loaded. I'm not ordinary. I'm not, no, you're extraordinary. You're extraordinary. Well, that's, that's usually a good thing, but... <laughs> you're superlative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the idea with, is with biological species that they have a certain normal pattern of growth, mm -hmm. uh, pattern of health, and so anything that deviates from that you know, it might not be that bad. You could be atypical in certain ways that are just entirely neutral as to your quality of life. And so we would just say, you know, yeah, yeah. you're not normal, but so what? When does shyness become an issue? When does shyness become mm -hmm. abnormal? What level yeah. of, you know, become a, an issue? Right. I would actually tie it pretty closely to something like well-being or well-functioning. And so, like, a lot of the conversations about, like, autism is, is this just another way of being a human being? Is this an, just another normal way of being human? It's just different. It's not abnormal. Or you could say, well, normal is a relatively ethically and evaluation neutral term. And so we can say, yeah, you're abnormal, but there's still nothing wrong yeah. with you or it's a perfectly fine way to be. Get on the PA and tell everyone normal is ethically neutral. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. <laughs> I, I, think that, that, yeah. I think that might be a lost cause. As soon as I was saying that, you're <laughs> abnormal, but that's okay. No, but yeah. let's come up with a different term. Yeah, that's why I, I favor the first approach and just say, like, turns out there's multiple ways to be normal and they're not going to be the same. Just like there are black and white cows and there are brown cows. It doesn't mean that yeah. one, one has to be the only normal way. The school my children go to has a pretty fair population of students who require special needs. And I think something they do is they try to put them in the, um, to try, I don't want to say normal, they put them in the, you know, one or two in the regular classroom. Mm -hmm. And again, we, you, you want to have this image that there is a normalcy to experiencing people who have some kind of handicap or require special assistance. However, they do require special assistance. So they are both normal in our experience, yet abnormal or atypical in another regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's different senses of, of normal, I think, is part of what happens. And it happens at different levels of specification and things like that. So you can be normal with respect to this and not normal with respect to that. It just depends on what you're talking about. You can be a, a normally colored cow versus a, you know, abnormal because, you know, a male cow who lacks horns or something like that, right? So there are different senses in which you can, uh, senses and dimensions where you can be normal or abnormal all at the same time. I feel like maybe I was even too, for humans, the word normal is too loaded that we should just think of another, think of some other terms, but normal has norm built into it, right? Mm -hmm. It is, right. it has normative. Yeah. And that is the prototypical way that we would use this if you're talking about what is normal growth and development, that if there is an abnormality mm -hmm. in development, then that is something that it's not always the case that we would fix it if we could. But I am as God made me, as they might all say, no matter how they turn out. But right. no, God intended, rather <laughs> nature or genetics intended the normal way of, of development. And so yeah. it's a socially fraught issue. Right. And it might be just a matter of like, well, if a, an abnormality is widespread enough and it doesn't decrease quality of life, then can we just destigmatize that, you know, while still, right. I don't know, is there, a, is there an inevitable conflict between destigmatizing it on the other, on the one hand and genetic research to yeah. try to make it not exist in the future? Or is that genocide? 
I guess yeah. that has really been raised like with regard to Down syndrome and stuff like that. Right. Like a lot of disability studies and philosophy of disability, people have argued that like there are ways of being a human that a lot of people would think of as abnormal, but in fact, are just perfectly, you can achieve as much flourishing, if not more than people who are quote unquote normal. And so they would get very nervous about like ideas about genetically engineering it out of the population or like in certain European countries, there's just like basically no one with Down syndrome being born because they do the prenatal natal tests and then abort fetuses or abort pregnancies if they have Down syndrome. And people with Down syndrome think that's a problem. It is a sort of a form of genocide, according to them. Yeah. You're familiar with the, the euphemism treadmill, but it's this idea that when we assign a word to something, it will slide via the treadmill to being loaded and there are a lot of words we that were like all right we're going to just invent a word out of i want to say i think the word moron was invented straight up in 1920 or something mm. just like it didn't exist it didn't exist it didn't exist and it was in, invented by a doctor yeah he was probably doing some things that we wouldn't do today right. however it was invented out of thin air and now it is incredibly loaded despite this person's intentions of having a medically clean, there is no way to look at this other than its definition. <laughs> I, mean, I guess we're just, we're just hitting society, dignity, head on with all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Does that quell the conversation? Yeah, it depends on the context and, and what well, you're... Why, you know, why even have the conversation? Why even worry about why define a normal? Is there a reason to even mm -hmm. have that concept other than door frames? One thought is, it's like the kind of thought that I think Elizabeth Barnes has made in, in certain things where it's like, people are going to keep having these thoughts in their private lives and their private conversations, like in, in the safe space and the, the teacher's lounge, right? They're going to keep having those conversations. So it's better to interrogate them and try to get clear on what sorts of things you can say what the implications are of those, those things, uh, saying this and that, and what sorts of positions you can comfortably hold and are tenable, because people are going to keep thinking that certain people are abnormal or certain people are, insert other more offensive term here. And we need the tools to really give people to carefully and humanely about these sorts of issues, it seems like. Sure, I'd buy that. I think humanity, we have lots of baggage and tendencies that we don't even, we think are choices when they're actually not really right. choices. Yeah. And clearly the most delicate, humane way to deal with a, with a sensitive topic like this is through uh, improv scenes. <laughs> of course. Where we are already it's a safe space. It's a safe skating, space. It's skating a safe closer space. to the line in the yeah. last one. What is a, a different approach? No one's ever gotten canceled from improv, right? Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't know, Andrew, is there a thought experiment or something that might form the foundation for a scene? Unless well, I have something, and, and if you don't mind, do you guys have any idea what I was doing? In the first one, I mean, you picked a point of view of we're going to treat everybody the same, and you kind of stuck to that, not mechanically, but that was a, an establishing character space, whereas sure, I was sort of trying to f feel out like where I was even coming from. Yeah, how yeah. offensive I was supposed to be. It felt like you had a character from the get-go, whereas I always felt like I was developing my character throughout the scene. And it felt like you came in more with like, I felt like I knew who you were faster than I even knew who I was. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. It's, I think, something that happens in improv, and perhaps in this world as well, is that 
there are some things we can ask of ourselves and each other that are far more difficult than we realize. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, just treat everybody normal and don't see any difference. It's like, okay. It's like, no, we can't. We, that's really, really difficult ask of humanity to just switch off these things that perhaps in caveman times was very useful, but now are hindrances. So in the same kind of regard, it's unfair of me to just say, know who you are. What I was doing is, and it's something I, I try to do a lot, is make sure that there are some very solid techniques that you can leverage pretty easily that will lead to knowing who you are. And what I was doing is, that whole time, I was trying to make every time Mark says, or you as well, Andrew, just have a very specific emotional reaction to what you said. The entire the entire scene. Huh? Oh, huh? And if I wasn't really sure what it was, I would repeat back what someone said. What, what, these aliens are coming to our school? And in repeating it, I could take on, and it doesn't matter what you pick, these aliens are coming to our school. Mm-hmm. These aliens are coming to our school. And it doesn't matter what you pick, but it's in by making it someone else's words, you don't have to worry about the words. So that's what I was doing. And that's what you were doing. <laughs> yes, Mar. Uh, <laughs> that's that what perfect. you were doing? Yes. Yes. Y'all want to try that on? Yeah, I want to try that on. Let's see what we get. I kind of I kind of let the cat out of the bag here, but sometimes that happens, especially when, when we have guests. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, are you checking in to the uh, to the hotel? Yeah, I'm checking in. All that, right. That's uh, why. Why else would I be at the front desk? Well, I don't know. Perhaps you had a problem, needed some towels, or let me let me get you situated. Do you have an ID and a credit card? Fair, fair point. Fair point. We do want extra towels. Yeah, we're good. a like lot this. of extra towels. Let's let's okay. anticipate that in the in the future. We're already going to need that. So. All right. Well, the room has been serviced for this evening, but I'll let housekeeping know. I just need an ID and a credit card for incidentals, and we'll get this rolling. Uh, James, did, did you bring the credit card? Did you bring the credit card? Um, I didn't bring the credit card because I, I, did, I thought I you did, brought the credit I card. Did, I did bring the credit card. I have. Whew, okay. Yep. Good. Which kind of ID do you need? Because I, like, I have my birth certificate. I've got uh, social security, passport, real ID. Fake ID. It's just uh, a <laughs> state ID is fine. State ID or or, or, or a uh, passport is fine. Is this the name the room is reserved under? James, did you bring my IDs? Did you bring your IDs? James, I didn't bring my IDs because I thought you were bringing my IDs. I brought your IDs. Here are the, I brought all the IDs. Okay. Oh, gosh. We do need more towels than that, though. Can yeah, you that get is more? not enough towels. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Several. Fair enough. All right. Um, Get this entered in the. What is the normal amount of towels that people normally ask for? Double it. Okay. All right. That would be eight towels. Typically, a room is stocked with four towels. No, double that amount. Double, double that amount. And then double it again. Six. Because there's double for him and then double for me. Yes. Okay. I'll let housekeeping know. Maybe we'll start you off with eight towels for today. It is after 4 p.m., so uh, not sure how many towels you'll need, but. Uh, We're going to need a lot. It is after 4 p.m. Um, yeah, a lot of towels. Okay, okay. I'll uh, I'll let uh, I'll let housekeeping know. You'll let housekeeping know, but can you let him know right now? Can we see you? Let him know. Okay, I'm, I'm just I'm saying. I, let's get you checked in here. I, I'm, some of these IDs have several different names. I'm seeing a Clyde Phillips. I'm seeing a C Phillipson. I'm seeing is that Cletus Cleophus? I gotta say, I'm not seeing the problem here. You're gonna have to spell it out for me. Well, I, uh, the reservation is under one of these names, I'm presuming, and I just just let me know what name 
I'm putting in some names, and nothing's coming up. It's under James. Yeah, nothing's coming up. It's under James. James with two J's. Spell it out, James. Spell it out for the man. J J Ames. Okay. okay. Um, Did you get that? Yes. Yes. Okay, I am showing four reservations under J James. Is this all? Yes, those are them. Those are them. How many reservations do people normally make? One. Because double that. One? And then double it for me. Double that, double it again. That's four. Four four rooms? No, four reservations. Four reservations. We just need the one room. But It's really just to claim the towels. Yeah, we just want as many towels as you can bring us, basically. Okay, so if you had four rooms available, you just take all the towels out of them and then just give it to us for the one room. Yeah, but we're only paying for the one room. Let's get that That's right, definitely. clear right off the bat. Well, I'll have to cancel these other reservations then. Cancel those other reservations then. Just don't cancel the towels. That's all I'm asking. Uh, fair enough. Just, just so you know, we, we our housekeeping staff works very, very hard. And if anything were to happen to that room, we would charge incidentals for the credit card. And our, our They work hard. James works hard. Okay. I'd like to see them work hard. Can you call them now? Well, no, they're not in, in. They're not in the in the building right now. I just want you to know if you're planning on doing anything to the room that would require extra work by this housekeeping staff, that will be charged to your to your incidental card. I'm, I'm nervous about this towel. Request. What is the normal amount of work that they do? You said it gives a full service. It's about 15 minutes. It's about 15 minutes to turn over a room. Double double that. And then double it again, double it again. And then double it again. An hour, an hour. You're going to do something to the room that will require an hour of work I, by our housekeeping staff. Is that what you're telling me? I got to be honest. That's a pretty conservative estimate. I would I would go, I would double it again. That's, Two hours. This, are, are, I mean, I don't know. Wow. Do you feel like this is a normal night or is this extraordinary night? Double it again. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours. We're up to four. Do, do what James said. Can you write that down? I, I want to see you write it down. I, I'm I, I'm considering canceling this reservation. All the reservations. No, just cancel, cancel three of the four. Well, I, James, and then double it, and then double it again. James, I can't talk to this guy. And then double it again. The, the, are you are, are you getting it? You want us to be to cancel eighteen reservations? Is that what you're saying? I didn't come here to do math. I would prefer to have. A buffer around our room. It's going to get loud. So that none of the other guests are uh, disturbed. It's going to get loud. And we we don't want to call at 2 a.m. saying, can you keep it down? We don't want that. All right. Uh, I can't guarantee that our other clients won't be upset if there's a loud noise going on. And some activity that will require both an inordinate amount of towels and eight hours of cleaning. I don't, I just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put a hold on this card if that's okay. You're going to put a hold on our card? Just to make sure that there is enough money on here. It won't be charged. Oh, there's enough money on there. There's plenty of money on the card. Don't worry about that, sir. What's the normal amount of money to be on a card? Well, um, five. Double that. Ten dollars. Something like that. I was thinking. At least double that. Two thousand dollars. Two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand dollars. James, I can't talk to this person. Are we done? (laughs) (laughs) I was in character. I was not. I was not saying are we done with the scene, but it works. So it works on a meta level as well. (laughs) Uh, I don't think that's probably what you had in mind of have a reaction and use the other person's word uh, to do it in a psychopathic way. That's probably not what you had in mind. Well, I I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't read psychopaths so much as just like it's kind of a. Now I keep wanting to use these judgment words. 
just kind of a kind of a lummox, you know, just kind of a lump, <laughs> just kind of kind of like a little slow and weird and abnormal. How much juice can we get out of the out of the tail uh, gag? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> in the same way, I thought Andrew did a sharp job. Of, like there was some repetition in what he was doing, and I think that I hope that was helpful, Mark. About like, oh, that's my job to like. You had the credit card. You had the IDs, and the nature of your relationship. I have no idea. This is it's very and unclear. Andrew was yeah. good enough to give my character a name, and yeah. I should have done so immediately for for him. But then I just didn't for so long that I just thought it was better not to. Well, yeah, I was going to say, even though the nature of your relationship was unclear, I didn't mind. I, I didn't care, and its unclarity was a a strong point of ambiguity, right? And a literary sense of ambiguity you know if this were to go on longer maybe i'd like to know but uh yeah it was fun weird added to the mystery of the tells yeah added to the mystery (laughs) producers for a snuff film i don't know (laughs) there was i was thinking about whether we should talk about other equipment that we're bringing in but again it seemed like (laughs) let's just not even give any more detail yeah stay weird that was enjoyable did you feel you were doing the thing i asked or at least did at the beginning or I got into it a little bit more later. Like at, at the beginning, I like kind of I had some reactions, and I was like, "Wait, I'm not doing the thing he told me to do." <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that was because you were just so in the moment, you know, and so yeah. launched into the scene. I yeah. just wanted something profound about normality to be in there. <laughs> and uh, I think it's t- it's subtextual. I think there was some subtextual as opposed to what is normal behavior at a hotel. How many <laughs> how many towels is considered normal? I, I think uh, it's in the text. It's in the yeah yeah. I will say that I think hotel towels are exactly one less than society thinks there should be. I think that's a, we can all agree to that. We tapped into those zeitgeist there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When I moved down to grad school, or actually it was a year after I had moved down to grad school, but I, the rest of my band was moving down to Austin from Michigan and we all went together and we had a little mini tour and we would stop in a hotel and one person would check in, you know, because we are very poor. I know this trick. And so, so, and I don't know if they explicitly asked us how many people, but in any case, I had to go back in the morning in Tennessee and say, can we have like 15 more towels? Uh, <laughs> it's like, you're down for one person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to use them as blankets. Fair enough, fair enough. You, you know they're clean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably more clean than the comforter on the bed, actually. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, more, more likely there, yeah. Normally. Normally, yeah. I mean, I feel like we usually, in wrapping wrapping up here, we kind of recap the lesson or figure out, I don't know, I was looking for something specifically about just this relationship between norms and normativity. Mm-hmm. Remember what normativity is, Bill? Normativity? Yes. It's like Jesus baby scene with the sheep and the, <laughs> the, 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 the wise the men norm and Mary. nativity. Norm nativity. Ah, okay. Yeah. A typical nativity scene. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Just any shoulds and oughts. Yes. And thinking about norms, did I use the word teleology? That's my magic word. Okay. But the normal course of an organism's growth, it's teleology. Or, you know, you could build that into, you can have whole concepts of ethics that are based on this, that, you know, sort of the the normal and healthy way for us to act. And that's what morality should be safeguarding. But of course, we can see a lot of ways that that has been abused historically. Right. Yeah. Behavior is abnormal. And, oh, women outside the home, that's highly abnormal. That goes against human nature. You know, yeah. so there's something, the natural even law. though it can be misused, yes, that is 
I think, very useful. And it overcomes the is-ought problem that we've talked about before, that you might think that there's nothing about the state of nature, you know, the descriptions of things that would necessitate that you act a certain way. And strictly speaking, just saying like, well, normally people are happy by just uh, having fulfilling relationships and finding some meaningful work for them to do. Why can't you be like that? That might not be so helpful for you to hear, but at least teleology of human nature gives us a framework in which we can start to solve problems. I don't know, Andrew, does that? Yeah, uh, kind of a a neo-Aristotelian approach. So it kind of comes from (laughs) Aristotle. And so, yeah, the idea that there's something kind of built into human nature that tells you how you ought to live and you can derive just kind of by studying human nature and getting clear on what human nature is, you can derive like a picture of a a successful or happy life from that. And like Mark was saying, it's associated with some really bad views that exclude a lot of people from the possibility of a good life. And it's, you know, Aristotle himself had a lot of bad views as, as well. But I think there's, there's a way to sort of liberalize the view a bit to allow for there to be multiple ways to live a happy, successful human life. And then you might think that means there's multiple normal ways to live, live a human life. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I think we can't help as humans, but look around us talking about is ought and feel like, well, this is how things are. This is probably the way they should be. And I think it's, it's called a fallacy because we keep falling for it. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of different cultures around the world. So it's the way that this is how it ought to be suddenly falls apart when you recognize that there are a lot of different ought to be's looking around the world. Yes, it has to be a very general level. You know, that's why I <laughs> yes. said like, find something fulfilling to do, have meaningful relationships. Yes. <laughs> that's about all we can say. <laughs> so Bill, you were, I think, pretty direct on the surface, explanatory, direct about your lesson, which is establishing a character by reacting. If I wanted you to achieve X and I asked you to do Y, what was Y forcing you to do that allowed you to achieve X, if that makes sense? What do you think, Andrew? Pull out your logic <laughs> skills, <laughs> your algebraic skills. Yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm having trouble tracking what what X is, but why? So why, why was, X. Yeah, why was have have a sort of reaction to everything that the other person said, and have a particular re- emotional reaction, and you can use their words to guide you along. Yeah, and I guess I'm I'm thinking that's a good exercise because it gives you something to say and allows you to build a character without having to also think of dialogue at the same time. And without, like, it allows you to build a character fairly quickly and, and easily. What is a character? What is the key component of a character that this was discovery, helping you discover? Like their emotional life. Yeah, how you feel about what's going on. Oh, yeah. This is how I feel about this situation, you know? And we can redo hotel reservation scenes. We can do 20 of those things. And how they feel about a reservation going sideways is exactly who they are. Mm -hmm. And a wonderful explanation. Yeah. All right. Well, we've reached the moment of decision. (laughs) And uh, Andrew, as the guest, you get to be the guest judge. (laughs) Because you're so impartial in this. So impartial, yeah. Uh, You know, often, (laughs) not that there is an off, there is no normal for this yet, because we haven't had enough philosophy guests. But last time a philosophy guest came on, I was the judge because it was sort of their thing. But the thing that you brought in was so central 
that teleology thing to like, I can't be objective about that either. <laughs> so I think by default, we have to go back to the norm. Since uh, JudgeBot is non-functional today, there's some struggle. There was some, uh, it'll be back probably next time. But uh, yes, do you feel like the philosophy lesson or the improv lesson was most inspiring, most will make the greatest change in the world here? Yeah, okay. So I have multiple thoughts. One, <laughs> one is that the philosopher, I think, is always going to be more interested in the improv bit because it's new to them. And the, some of the philosophy is just like stuff you've heard of before. But then that the question of, will it make the biggest impact on the world, you know? Is that an overstatement, <laughs> Bill? Is that, is that, am I, well, am yeah, I tipping that, the scales yeah. with this description? That should always be how we judge ourselves. What's going to impact the world the most? It's really... Yeah. Everything must always change the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so in um, other words, defining it that way, both are zero. <laughs> so <laughs> there is always a tie. It's fractional, yeah. It's always a tie. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I guess if we're judging from like what's really urgent and important in the world, I do think normality and getting clear on what it means and when we can apply the terms and all the sorts of judgments in that area is really important. That's why I spent five years thinking about it. But, <laughs> but I also really like the bit about how people's emotional reactions, like that tells you who they are, how they respond to the world around them is is who they are. And um, I, I like that bit quite a bit too. Well, so we'll call it a tie. We'll call it <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and normalcy and normality, both, both good, according to, yeah. to the internet. They are both real words. Normalism, I'm pushing for that. I'm pushing for normalism. Yeah, but, normalism, uh, that's a religion. You know, if, con- contact <laughs> me if you, uh, you want to get involved. I'm the normdom, I'm the, the kingdom of normdom, the, the great leader, the, the prophet of normalism. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I enjoyed learning from you guys today, Andrew and Bill. And I enjoyed learning from you, Mark and Andrew. I enjoyed learning from you, Mark and Bill. <laughs> and see. <laughs> Hey, all hope you like the show. Remember to look up Andrew's Reductio podcast on the podcast service of your choice and make sure you're subscribed directly to the Philosophy versus Improv podcast, even if you are listening to this, say, on the Partially Examined Life feed, because there you are not getting these episodes in a timely manner. And like last episode that wasn't on the feed at all, you're not getting everything. So go to philosophyimprov.com or look up Philosophy versus Improv on the podcast app of your choice. Another option is to get the feed that will be perpetually ad-free, including free of excoriations like this. You can see your options to do that at philosophyimprov.com support. Finally, we would love your help in promoting this thing. Send this fine episode to all your friends. Put it on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram. We have accounts on all those things, so go follow us on those. Again, the links are going to be at philosophyimprov.com. And while you're there, in the upper right corner, you'll see a nice Review This Podcast widget, which will walk you right through how to leave a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts or somewhere else. Thanks. Baby, I